Hello, everyone. Welcome to another message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for being here today. My name is Melvin Gaines. This message is for Sunday, January the 15th, 2023. And the message has a title, Is There Such a Thing as Luck? Is There Such a Thing as Luck? So let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, thank you again for this time where, Lord, we only want the Spirit to speak your truth and the message uh, that's forthcoming. We thank you, Lord, for your inspiration. We thank you for helping us to be able to encapsulate the thoughts that we have and put them to a place where we can hold them up against what your word has to say. And may your word speak truth as it always speaks truth. And may it also convict those who have their hopes on things that really aren't significant, really, when it comes to comparison to who you are, what your word says, and who you are in the life that we live. We thank you, Lord. We ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Do you believe there is such a thing as luck? Now, don't answer that question too quickly. Let's take some time and think about this for a moment. Do you believe that there is good luck? How about bad luck? Since words do mean things, it's good to define them uh, to alleviate any misunderstanding. Merriam-Webster has definitions for luck. As a noun, a force that brings good fortune or adversity. As in, luck was a big factor in the outcome. Or the events or circumstances that operate for or against an individual, as in the loser muttered something about bad luck. So from those definitions, what do we know about luck thus far? What we do know, even before concluding if it is a real thing or not, we know that we have no control over outcomes, whether they are good or bad. No control whatsoever. We commonly refer to it as good luck and bad luck. In our flesh, we want to believe that we can move the needle in our favor, the move the needle of luck in our favor, by doing a little extra work or putting in the effort. More often than not, it's all about the money. In the realm of game shows, there is a person that became famous for his accomplishment on daytime television game shows. Michael Larson was, by all accounts, an underachiever. He went to college, never finished, and he didn't seem to have much of a drive to do anything outside of taking care of himself. He did get certification to repair air conditioners, and during summers he drove an ice cream truck. But he did dream of getting rich, and getting rich in a hurry. He saw that there were a number of people on game shows who won cash and prizes, and he decided to make it a personal hobby to study game shows in order to see how he could make some money. He got a number of televisions and VCRs and set them up in his living room so that when he was at home, he could record and watch all of the daytime game shows to see if there was a way that he could gain an edge if he ever went on a game show. After weeks of looking, he settled on one game show, 
It was relatively new, and it began in September of 1983, but it also paid out a lot of money very quickly. He studied, ironically, the game show called Press Your Luck. The concept of the game was simple. There was a big board with lights and panels that revealed various items of cash and prizes, but there was also the whammy, which closely resembled a cartoonish version of the devil. If you landed on a whammy, it would take away any prizes you had won at that point. What Larson discovered after days of watching the tapings of this show was that the big board was operated by a randomizer, and the lights on the board followed at that time a very simplistic pattern. He also discovered that the specific panel that randomized the large dollar amounts never contained a whammy. Larson managed to memorize the board's light pattern, for it was always the exact same order. He knew that with this edge, he could literally press his luck and come out on top, but not just win the game, but win big money. In May of 1984, Larson spent most of his life savings to fly to Los Angeles for an audition to get on the show, Press Your Luck. Now, Larson's persona was a little creepy to the screeners, and they were inclined not to allow him to get on the show. But interestingly, the show's executive producer, Bill Carruthers, viewed Larson as a sympathetic person who needed a chance to win some money. Larson was added as a contestant, and he proceeded to win $110,237. That's today's equivalent of about $287,000. At that time, it was the largest one-game total ever won on a game show. He pocketed $104,000 in cash. A person might call Mr. Larson very lucky. Well, not long after his return home, he got a job as an assistant manager at Walmart, and he was something of a local celebrity. His taste of good fortune only seemed to fuel his greed. Within two years of winning the money, Larson would end up losing all of it on a number of failed schemes, a failed marketing company that he ran from his home, and bad investments. He was also robbed of half of his money, about $50,000 in singles when his home was burglarized. He fled from Ohio to Florida to stay ahead of the IRS and law enforcement due to his role in internet fraud schemes. Larson died of throat cancer in 1999 at the age of 49. Was Michael Larson lucky? After hearing his story, you might say yes, but only for a moment. His legacy is that he managed to beat the system, but his winnings in perspective were gone as quickly as they came. Our lesson here is that there are also eternal consequences that come into play. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Mark chapter 8. Let's look at verses 34 through 37. Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 37. I'll be reading this from the New Living Translation. Starting at verse 34, Mark chapter 8. 
Then, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he, being Jesus, said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Verse 35, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Luck is very much a real thing from a worldly perspective. If you haven't already figured it out, our luck doesn't lead to anything that lasts. I challenge you to consider that God does not have anything to do with luck. When it comes to our personal experiences, I want you to always consider the brief phrase, God allows. God allows. God allows things to happen to us. And he does that for a number of reasons. But the most important one is that he wants us to draw closer to him in both good times and bad. He wants you to think this way all the time. It is not about good luck or bad luck because he does not subscribe to those things. His ways are certainly mysterious but he allows these things to happen to us to reveal to us his very nature. What is God's nature? Number one, God is love. That's in his nature. He loves us. And his nature is reflected in his will. And it is always best for us. Number two, God is omniscient, which means he is all-knowing. His guidance and direction is always right for us. And number three, God is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful. He can accomplish anything, and he can enable you to accomplish his will through the presence of the Holy Spirit. God is love. God is omniscient. God is omnipotent. Each of these traits of his nature operate outside of luck. God demonstrates his nature in that he is in complete control and authority over your life. He allows things to happen, but he enables us to be able to deal with these things, both good and bad, as they happen. He enables us to reflect his power and presence in our life before others. He gives us the desire to look at him, declare that you want to be obedient to him, and to follow his will for your life. The Holy Spirit has to speak to the person to make those types of declarations. Now, some of us don't seem to understand that God does not have a favorite football team, baseball team, or any kind of team for that matter, or any kind of rooting interest. While you and I may have a favorite team, God does not. In fact, he does not play favorites. And we'll look at a couple of passages that talks about that. He does, however, acknowledge those who follow him, trust him, and believe in him. Now turn your Bibles, electronic devices to Acts chapter 10. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 10 
and we're going to look at verses 34 through 36. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 36. This will be from the New Living Translation. Verse 34. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Amen. Now let's flip over to Romans chapter 2. And we'll see this very similar language here in this passage in Romans chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Romans 2, verses 9 through 11. Again from the New Living Translation, verse 9. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil. For the Jew first and also for the Gentile. Verse 10. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good. For the Jew first and also for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. Amen. God does not show favoritism. For the Jew first, also for the Gentile, that refers to every living human being. Amen? Whether you're Jewish or not. Let's go a little deeper into God's nature by looking at verses within Psalm 139. We're going to see how luck is not a factor when it comes to our own existence. God's love for us begins with his presence and continues within the building of a relationship with him. We were not products of luck when he created us. Amen? We are a product of his will and his purpose for us. Turn now to Psalm 139 and let's look at verses 13 through 16. Psalm 139 verses 13 through 16. Now, all of these would be in the New Living Translation uh, version. But verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb verse 16 you saw me before I was born every day of my life was recorded in your book every moment was laid out not a single before a single day had passed well this doesn't sound like luck to me <laughs> you're here because God loves you and wants you to be here amen God knows all about you now go back up in Psalm 139 to verse 1. Let's take a look at verses 1 through 6. Psalm 139, verse 1. And we're going to start there to go to verse 6. God knows all about you. Verse 1. O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. 
You see me when I travel, when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Amen. God goes before you in every aspect of your life to the finest of details. He enables you to follow a course and a path that you have already determined. In spite of what happens as we go through our life experiences, we are already blessed because of the relationship that we have with Jesus. When we utter the words, my life is in your hands, we are declaring truth because Jesus indeed has our lives in his very hands. God's nature also helps us to be sensitive to his will for our life. Rather than relying upon lucky breaks or trying to game the system in our favor, our prayer life should be the first go-to item as we move forward. The Holy Spirit will help you to identify and discard those things that are fleshly and draw upon his will and purpose as you rely upon him. He just wants you to ask him. He just wants you to ask for these very things. Now drop down in Psalm 139 to verses 23 and 24. Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. Psalm 139 verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. There's no need to rely upon luck when you have Jesus as your life companion. He loves you. He knows all about you. And if you believe in him, he has complete control over your destiny leading to eternal life. He shows his love for us because he provided a savior for us. We know John through chapter 3 verse 16. The English Standard Version, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It all starts there, and then it continues. All of our outcomes may not be what we want, but knowing that he loves us makes all the difference. His love for us compels us to love others as well. It is his will for our lives that we love others. That's his will for us. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And as we serve him, we are living out his will before others. First John chapter 4 verse 19 says, We love because he first loved us. He first loved us. He knew about love for us before we understood what love was. Now go to John chapter 13. Let's take a look at that real quick. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. John 13, verses 34 and 35. And again, remember, it's God's will for us to love others as well, too. This is the English Standard Version. 
John 13, verses 34 and 35. Verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Remember that God allows things in your life, and while some of those things are unexplainable, all of them are purposeful. Your life has purpose. And it's up to you to seek God to gain wisdom and knowledge of him as you learn more about who you are in him. That's a lifelong process. Amen? God allows. But most importantly, God is love. He is all-knowing. And he is all-powerful. You can't go wrong when you believe and trust in Jesus. He loves you and wants you to share your life with him. And he shares himself with us. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And that's not written just for Joshua. That's written for us too. I will not leave you or forsake you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are indeed grateful that we indeed don't just operate with luck or chance or happenstance. We know that we are intentional because you indeed took the time to think about each person ever created and you know all about them. And Lord, we're thankful that you know about us. And Lord, there's nothing that we can keep a secret from you about because you know everything about what we think about or what we do. So, Lord, with that in mind, touch our hearts, touch our minds. Give us the desire to serve you and seek after you and not run after those things that are temporal or those things that don't have anything to do with being involved with you or your kingdom. Lord, we pray that you give us exactly what we need to be able to function day after day, no matter what's happening in our lives, whether things are good or things are bad. Lord, we know that you're always trying to teach us about who you are. And Lord, may we continue to grow in our relationship with you as we learn more about who we are. Bless us, Lord. Keep us. Preserve us. Protect us. You're all-knowing. You're all-powerful. You have the ability to do so. Lord, as things go forth day after day, May we draw closer to you and nearer to you. And put away those things of the world that would keep us from growing in that relationship. Thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for stopping by for the message for Sunday, January the 15th, 2023, for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you joining us today. If you want more information about Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, you can visit us on our website at Akron Alliance, all one word, akronalliance.org, or stop by our Facebook page, Akron Alliance Fellowship. And thank you so much again for being here. God bless you. 
share the word and spread the word. We're here for you. Take care and we'll see you next time.